G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. The Story the club was doing some development work with the first and second year players where they took a bunch of them into a context that was obviously outside their comfort zone. And we went to Cambodia, we worked with an organisation over there called Tabitha that builds homes for the poorest of the poor and we helped build those homes. And, and it was during that trip that I was just deeply impacted by the plight of some of these people. As soon as I got home, I kind of penned this song, Picking Up the Pieces, which is about the genocide, the story of Cambodia. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, Paul Morrison, better known as Morrow, has been able to combine his love for Australian rules football with his love for music, as he is the singing chaplain for the West Coast Eagles. Today, he'll share his story as well as some of his music as he has a chat with Shelley Scullin. Paul, you were saying uh, when you first introduced yourself as uh, the chaplain and you were pretty straight up about your agenda, you said that you love God and you love people. So let's have a chat about where those two loves came from. You grew up on a farm in uh, country western Australia. Whereabouts was it? Yeah, in a little uh, town at the bottom of the Wheat Belt, belt, sorry, ECR East of Perth, about an hour and a half, uh, a town by the name of Pindulli. Oh, yeah. And um, my ancestors uh, came out. In the 1800s, five generations ago, my great-great-grandfather, William Morrison, started a new life out here and, um, and, and bought some land there. And he's actually buried on the, uh, next to the road there uh, in a, in a gravesite before they had to be buried in cemeteries. But, but uh, yeah, I grew up on the farm. My, my dad was a hard-working farmer guy. And from the time I was about, well, from the, I think three weeks old, my mum was teaching Sunday school at the local Baptist church. And... So I grew up, you know, in a, in a small down church Christian community, a town of about 900 people. And so then, I guess as a young kid, in a, you know, I had a lot of time and space growing up on a farm. It was an idyllic kind of lifestyle, on the, you know, on the motorbike and working with my dad and, and really loved it. And um, I, I made it, as, I was home from school one day, actually, when I was 12. I was, uh, was supposedly sick and meant to be in bed. And I was bored out of my brain <laughs> and looking for something to do. And I picked up a book. And thought I'm going to read this, <clears throat> and I picked it up, and I began to read it over the next 12 months until I'd finished it. And when I finished it, I, I started again, and that book was the Bible. And uh, and so from a young age, I guess I began to get to know the Word of God, and um, and, and you know His ways, His words, and His plans for us, and uh, that really kind of marked me as a young person. Yeah, and there's no better way to get to know God than by reading His Word. It's interesting how you were relatively young when you were you know, reading it cover to cover. It's uh, great to hear. You also had a passion for music fairly on in life. Uh, when did you first pick up a guitar? Yeah, well, what happened, I made a mind when I was about uh, 11, uh, went and got some piano lessons, so I thought I'd do the same, and he quit after six months, so so did I. And um, so I never really took off. But then when I was about 15, my sister, who had stuck with a piano lesson, bought a guitar. And I borrowed that off her and kind of taught myself. And I'd always kind of written a bit of bush kind of poetry at school and did really well at that. And so once I picked up the guitar, songs just started coming. I was about 15 at the time. And 
just began to write songs and sing them at, uh, you know, a few different churches and, and weddings and, and stuff like that. It kind of grew out of that. Hmm. On your website, you say that you had an abundance of time to dream and reflect on life. It sounds like you did enjoy the slower pace of living in Pindley as opposed to where you live now in Perth. Oh, my. yeah, you, you're making me homesick. <laughs> Sorry. I did have, no, that's all right. I did have a lot of time as a, as a kid and a lot of space and, and a lot of time to myself, I guess, to think and reflect on things. And, and uh, yeah, things are a little different now that I, I live... I moved to the city chasing a girl when I was uh, 22. I managed to get her and, and get four kids along the way. And, <laughs> and now I've, I've got a few different roles, one of them being a brekkie radio show over here and, um, with, with the West Coast and some music stuff. And my wife's pretty chockers. I love it when I get, get to go back to the farm and just walk through the paddocks and uh, just catch my breath. Mm. It's something I've been pondering recently, just the whole thing of pace of life these days, and I guess particularly for myself as well, being in a capital city, and and I think just life in general, where I, I do wonder if we don't have as many great thinkers in our generation as opposed to thinkers of times past, just because we just fill up our time with stuff. Uh, we get so busy doing things that might not be altogether necessary, or maybe they are, and yet we're just not spending that time just being quiet, just being still, and as you say, time to dream and reflect on life. Oh, great call, Shelley. I think, you know, it's just um, 46 can be still and know that I'm God. Mm. I used to, uh, I worked as a pastor at a, at a large church here in Perth, and I, um, I, I led youth and young adults at different times involved in leadership. And one of the things, that I guess, that i, I I began to see as someone who grew up with a lot more time and space is that, that wisdom and, and knowledge are two different things and, and we can have a lot of knowledge, we can know a lot of stuff, but wisdom is when we allow that stuff we know to seek that, that short distance, uh, that kind of six to ten inches between our head and our heart and uh, it's when we reflect on the things we know and the things we've done, the things we've experienced and allow them to go into our heart and filter them obviously through the word of God that we shake into, to, to, you know, someone who can develop some wisdom for things to come. Mm. I guess, yeah, harking back to earlier in our conversation, talking about um, people's passion for football, and there's nothing wrong with being passionate about football or sport or anything. But it's uh, maybe just time to think about where our priorities actually are, what we're spending our time and focus and everything on, and whether that's actually where we want to be in, in all of that. Anyway, yeah, a little cool. bit, a little bit off track. <laughs> Shelley's getting preachy now. Yes, um, you mentioned in there about full time ministry. You were a youth pastor for about ten years. What What did you learn in that time? Yeah, I, I did. I went to uh, so, like I mentioned, I grew up in the in the bush. I became a mechanic for uh, for John Deere in the city, working for Caterpillar. And then I made a decision to go to Bible college and. Um, when my first son was born, I really felt like, you know, I could trust God with everything. So I made that step of faith and, and got involved in serving youth and young adults. And I guess in that time, I, I spent a lot of time uh, with young people. I, I was leading the worship team and I uh, had a lot of people in the choir. I spent a lot of time uh, with, with singers and, and different people. And the interesting thing that I did find was that... Uh, most people, like our, or pastoral issues or problems in our life, so much of it harks back to a, a, the, one of the most foundational relationships in our heart, and that's with our, with our Father. And our, our own earthly Father 
and then um, obviously our understanding of fatherhood through scripture and, and of God and um, and I really got quite passionate at that time about and still am about the fact that if a, if a man is able to keep his keep his word in regards to two things that is to love his wife and to love his children then so many things in our world today seem to uh, seem, can work out if he does a good job of that but but so many things that stem from that, our insecurities, our brokenness, our, they come out of, out of that, that one relationship. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you bring that up, actually, because I think God's got a message for someone. I've uh, talked to a few people over the last couple of weeks that have pretty much said the exact same thing that you've been talking to. So I think God's on someone's case uh, at well, the moment. But yeah. it, it really is so true. And God is our perfect heavenly Father. Uh, and, you know, we can look to Him for that um, example as well. But, yes, the onus is on our earthly fathers to really have that impact. I know you do have a passion for men's ministries as well. Uh, I guess it goes hand in hand with chaplaincy at the Eagles, but uh, you're also pretty involved in the shed ministry. Yeah, so a few years ago I met a character that many people over your way uh, might know in Queensland, a guy by the name of Ian Watto Watson. Yeah. Uh, we met at an Angus Bucking conference where I was involved with the worship at, at Angus uh, here in Australia and then I went to South Africa to a conference where he uh, in 2009, 2010, the last time I was there, there was about 300,000 men on his farm, and uh, mm-hmm. just I just saw a massive move of God amongst the men. And um, and then I threw in what I watched, and I saw what was happening with Shed, and thought, you know, what a great connection point for Aussie. So I uh, started a Shed. Uh, shed happened over here in, in Perth uh, just uh, five years ago, and, and ran that for a number of years, and have seen a number of Sheds kind of birthed out of that that are running still running here in Perth so uh, you know for those who know Shed Happens it's just an opportunity for men to connect and share their stories and um, it's been a real privilege and, and to hear so many men sharing their battles and again it just reinforces what we've just said is that the root of so much of that is really uh, found in the relationship you know that we have with our own fathers. Mm, yeah, for sure. Something you've been passionate about for a long time, and it was in that time that you were a pastor, uh, that uh, you had a bit of fun on YouTube as a marriage man. Tell us about oh. that initiative. Oh, you have done your homework, haven't you, Shelley? Oh, Please, yeah. Yeah, there's some things <laughs> I can't escape. Yes. Well, uh, you would leave it on the internet for all five people to view. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. some, some of those videos have really taken off. No, I... Um, yeah, we used to run an event at Riverview Church called The Bloke, and um, and the senior pastor came to me one day and said, look, Morrow, could you kind of put together a video character that gives marriage advice from his shed? And that was a brief. He said, well, you could call him Marriage Man. So we, I wrote this kind of very rough pilot of a, of a guy in his white overalls doing a bit of an Egyptian pedicure for his wife, and they played it at church, and it just became a hit, and... Um, so from then on, I, they, you know, every time we had a big event or a Christmas function, they'd want a new Marriage Man episode, and we ended up writing, I wrote 15 episodes, and we kind of helped produce, and we shot them all in my backyard, and, and we ended up releasing two DVD series with, with all these episodes of Marriage Man on it. Whenever I still speak at various bloke events and that, I, they go like hotcakes and still get a big laugh. So you serious? Yeah, there's, a, there's a YouTube channel with all 15 episodes on there if someone can be bothered finding it. (laughs) 
Well, I watched the one about domestic duties and uh, where basically there's hardly any jobs that a blower vac can't do. Uh, I, I do exactly. love your passion with that. Uh, good stuff. You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Paul Morrison, the singing chaplain for the West Coast Eagles. We'll hear more of his story and some of his music when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're continuing with Shelley Scowen chatting with Paul Morrison, the singing chaplain for the West Coast Eagles. Next, we're going to find out about the inspiration behind some of his songs. But first, let's hear his song called Crazy Days. Take this road with twists and turns Sometimes we get our fingers burned We try to touch the great unknown And still can't find the one way home more about where this song actually came from. What's it all about? Yeah, Crazy Days is uh, basically just uh, it's a song, I guess. A lot of days I feel like that's my life because there's so much going on. But, uh, you know, every morning I get up for, for, for Brecky Radio myself and I troll through the through the internet looking for stories. And, and, and I don't know about everyone else out there listening, but at times I just think, the world has gone completely mad. And I mm. guess by contrast it to my idyllic childhood growing up in the country where I was probably quite sheltered, I just, and, and like I said, I read the scripture from a young age. I look at some of the things people are doing to each other in the world and some of the strange and crazy ideas we've got that we think are going to work that, that, that just breaks my heart. And so the, the guts of the song is saying, you know, uh, these are crazy days. Seems everyone's lost their way, but... Uh, the end of the day, the only solution, the only answer to all of it, is, is found in, in in knowing Jesus Christ. And uh, you know, we need to uh, try to make our way ahead and figure out who we are. But we rely on God, and we also rely on each other. Mm. So that's kind of what the song's about. Yeah, great message. And you're obviously very passionate about the ministry as part of your music. You don't just um, play a guitar and sing a few words for the sake of it. Uh, you've you've really used your music as part of your ministry too for a long time. Tell us about uh, your song "Picking Up the Pieces" from uh, 2010. Yeah, so "Picking Up the Pieces" came out of a uh, a trip I made to Cambodia with the West Coast Eagles. I, like I said, I'd grown up in the church, but I'd never really been on a mission trip to a third world country. So, ironically, my first trip came with a football club, and uh, the club was doing some development work with the first and second year players, where they. They took a bunch of them into a context that was obviously outside their comfort zone and 
we went to Cambodia, we worked with an organisation over there called Tabitha that microfinances and builds homes for the poorest of the poor and we helped build those homes and, and it was during that trip that I was just deeply impacted by the plight of some of these people. So I, I, as soon as I got home I kind of penned this song, Picking Up the Pieces, which is about the, uh, the genocide, the story of Cambodia. We landed in the rubble of a second-hand war All the guns are gone, but the fight was still on for their freedom They were still bleeding Picking up the pieces of a man gone mad We didn't have the answer, but we gave what we had for the broken We joined them in hoping So tell me how Strong for you, cause it's breaking my heart. There must be something we can do. Cause you have showed me now you can be brave for me. So, brother, let me put my hand in yours. Cause we're picking up the pieces. So pretty and they use her And they will abuse her All of the dreams have been lost in her lies Now she's hiding the pain They're in her eyes with her fears But there'll be no tears So tell me how I can be strong for you Cause it's breaking my heart we can do Cause you have shown me now You can be brave for me Sister, let me join my hand with yours Cause we're picking up the pieces Hey!
whenever you go and do, you know, work, since that time I've been privileged to go overseas a number of times, but you go over there to gift, but invariably their attitude and their perspective on life gives back to us. And so it's about the fact that we, we all stand together and help each other. And um, I, I took the song to the footy club and managed to rope in a few players. Um, Nick Natanui is, um, is one of the players sang on it that you might know. And, and um, we, we put it on a single with a few other tracks I'd written and we managed to raise over $50,000 in one season. And we put all that money back in towards building a, a school for, for 500 students in it. Uh, village in Cambodia. Yeah, that's awesome because there was a small school there, but their resources were about uh, as bare as could be, really. It was just a very mm. basic shack um, with uh, very few resources for the kids, you know, um, materials and things. But uh, yeah, you've been able to just revolutionise uh, that school and consequently that whole community. Yeah, and we had the opportunity, we went back a couple of years later and we thought, well, it worked the first time. So wrote another song called Love Lead Us Home and I roped in 14 players and their mums and had a choir of 28 this time and, and uh, we built it. We managed to build another school. The funny thing was the second school they built because it was the second Eagles one, they, they painted this school blue and gold and um, for the Eagles, obviously. And then yeah. the village down the road was also building a new school and they liked the colours, so they painted their school with the same colour. So we got credit <laughs> for one up there that we... We built two up there, but we've got, I think, we credit for three now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, that's great that, yeah, you were able to go back and do it all again and uh, get that second school completed. Yeah, and we're uh, looking looking to uh, head back, actually. That's awesome. What a great use for your music, uh, not just doing it as a get-rich-quick scheme for yourself, but uh, really using it to raise awareness for people a lot less fortunate than us overseas and how we can actually help out in a really practical way. Yeah, no, thanks, Shell. It's been great. That's why with this album, Crazy Days, I've decided to partner with Compassion Australia and um, given all the proceeds to them because I've found what makes us rich is not what we get but what we give. And, and I could never have afforded out of my pocket to build a school in Cambodia for $55,000, but just through the, the use of a song and and, and I've, I've seen miracles happen and, and that's the amazing thing when you give something to God and just let it go he's able to do great stuff I love the work of Compassion so my, my new albums are all going towards the stuff they do we sponsor heaps of kids my wife and I and I figure you know we're very very blessed you know the things we complain about you know are, are just so you know so fickle I need a new car or something small whereas these people are struggling for their lives daily so I've found with my music that if I can attach it to something that is so much bigger than I, it can generally, God can do so much more with it and I get so much more joy out of it. Mm, absolutely. It's uh, more so about giving than receiving, hey, and using that, that um, ministry to change other people's hearts as well. So you lead a pretty busy lifestyle then between uh, music and recording and gigs and speaking engagements. As you mentioned, you host a Brecky radio show. We're on, on breaking six to nine every day in Perth. That's awesome. And, um, oh, the beauty of uh, pre-record, I could set up the show and then chat to you, so it'd be tricky. Yeah, and of course, uh, keeping yourself busy uh, with the Eagles as well, So, uh, and family and everything else on top of that. So I appreciate you taking some time out to chat with us today. Thanks so much for having me on the show, and thanks to everyone out there across uh, Australia. 
That was Shelley Scowen chatting with musician Paul Morrison, who's also the chaplain for the West Coast Eagles. And Paul's life reminds me of Psalm 100, where it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Well, thanks for joining us for Morrow's story and some of his music. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I remember one night I got out and I ran into my daughter's room and picked her up because she'd just been blown up and I could smell the explosion, I could see the smoke. I carried her into my bedroom and and started bandaging up her arm to stop the bleeding and Zoe's sort of woken up at this point because my daughter's screaming and Zoe's saying, put her down and I'm saying, no, no, she'll be okay, she'll be okay, i just got to stop the bleeding. And then I'd sort of come to and realise that I'm holding my daughter and there's nothing wrong with her. Andy Cullen is a veteran of 17 years' service in the Australian Army. After he retired, he was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and his life gradually began to deteriorate. His wife Zoe was left to pick up the pieces of their broken family. Andy and Zoe will share how God brought healing to their lives next time. The The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.